You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Friday, I think it's October 7th, the first uh, time for chaos in October, um, and next week might be the final episode. Who knows? I don't know. Last week I, I talked a big game, how was it going to be uh, an episode to remember, and it was great, but we didn't get to uh, 80% of what I had planned, um, because we just, we were in that hotel room for a long time, then we got to the party, and things got weird, uh, so there's a good chance tonight... We'll get to what I planned, but probably not. Uh, this could go 30, 40 episodes, season one. Who knows? Um, but we are in October. We've talked about horror movies before. Are you guys big Halloween fans? Like, dress up the whole nine yards. Has it always been your thing? Are you trying to get back into it? Uh, we'll start with you, Ross. Are you, do you have your costume already picked out for this year? Uh, I don't mean to be a spoil sport, but I'm not the biggest Halloweener. Okay. I, I'm like, I'm <laughs> Halloweeners, as I call them. Right. Um, like, I, I appreciate it. I do love candy. I, I do love horror <laughs> movies and spooks and frights. Um, but I'm not the biggest, like, let me plan my costume four months in advance <laughs> and, and show up to the party fully prosthetic'd up. Um, I, I don't, I don't know why. But I'm, yeah. It's not. It's not my fave holiday. I do. I do love. I do love like pumpkin pies and fall and stuff. Oh sure. Yeah. Um, they're not mutually exclusive. I think because I I was once like you, uh, mm. and I'm slowly getting back into it as I see my children get fired up about it. Mm. Um, but I think it's because as actors, we're constantly wearing costumes and dressing up. So it's kind of like oh. You want, we're supposed to do it for amateur hour as well? All right, I'll put on a little costume. Uh, but like, when you're doing theater in like high school and college and mm-hmm. plays, you're constantly, you got your makeup and your yeah. costumes. It's Halloween uh, every mm-hmm. few months. Halloween is every day for me. So. Right. <laughs> but that's uh, the reason to step it up even more on Halloween. Well, I didn't have to ask where you stand on this. I'm sure you've got a <laughs> closet full uh, for every day in October. You're big into it, right? Yes. I love Halloween. I've loved mm. Halloween was always my favorite holiday as a kid, which explains why the cosplaying into my adult years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always loved it. Um, last year I had two Halloween costumes. Wow. Like I, so I, I already have my one picked out for at least one of them already ready to go for it for this year. I'm trying to think of if I'm going to do another one or not, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, are you giving any hints as to what it is or is it going to be a big surprise? Should I tell the niche? Oh, yes. my God. Wait, should we should I guess. Give, okay, guess, um, I guess. A sexy Con Edison worker. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was my guess. That's all I had. 
What is even that? Like light bulbs? Like what are yeah, I? Yeah, it's like <laughs> the electric company here, very specifically, only in mm-hmm. uh, Manhattan and Queens. Um, uh, what is it? Tell us. Uh, I'm for those for those Stranger Things fans, and this is between us. Oh, we won't tell. You know? sure. No one's watching. Nash, this is between us. Uh, I am going as Dead Chrissy. Dead Chrissy. Is oh, that, that a one, season? Yeah. A late From season? Season four. Yeah, that's the latest season. Because you got to be you got to be current, and you got to be. I'm gonna de- I'm gonna Google Dead Chrissy, and I'm afraid I'm gonna see. Yeah, don't look at. It. Oh, it's Suzanne Summers. <laughs> Three's her character from Three's Company oh, just dipping way being back. thrown Not off a balcony by Larry. Um, oh wow, this is horrific. If you just yeah. Google Dead Chrissy, it immediately comes up, and it is horrifying. It's a horrifying image. Yeah, so that's what I'm going sh- Oh wow, okay. Um, I got, I got your- the full. I got the full costume. Wow. Is your other costume alive, Chrissy? <laughs> I mean, I could Not just di- it's just different makeup. I'm Chrissy, um, but alive. <laughs> <laughs> Early in the night, you could be alive, Chrissy, and be like, "Oh, I've got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back," and then come out and you're dead, Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Two costumes, yeah, you, one yeah, night. You could, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, that that one's that one's on the house. That's freebie from Troy. <laughs> Rob, you usually, uh, usually charge people for that. Kind I of well, You'll get an invoice either. I way. want to know the second costume. Nor's got oh, two. I don't, ha- I don't have one yet. I'm not thinking of the second one. Now, it's does this mean you're going usually- to like a party, or is this like is there an event? I, where you know, I have no idea. That's always very last minute for me. But I will always have the costume ready to go because mm. I always got to do the ones for the grams. You know, like the the grams has to ha- like, sure. the costumes got to be there for all the um, grandmothers. Instagram. Also those, yeah. The Instagram mother. I thought your grandmother was a huge Halloween fan, and you're like, you know, gotta do it for the grams. I, I get knitting. I get knitting sponsorships. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what my second one's gonna be. It usually, it's, it's usually like some sort of cosplay, more cosplay, like my take on on a demon or my take on this or that, and that's more makeup involved. Mm-hmm. That's fun, Rob. Uh, I know you're a, a horror movie fan. Are mm-hmm. you a, a a dress up and go fan? Usually not, because uh, mostly because I put off putting any thought into it, and then it gets too close, and then I it then it's the pendulum swings the other way. And I'm like, oh fuck this whole holiday, even though it's my fault <laughs> for not putting myself in a position to feel good about it. But like in theory, I love it because I love scary movies and I love all that stuff. But the more everyone's talking about their there's psyche about it. I am re- realizing, I think, that there was a Halloween dance that I went to in junior high, and I think it fucked everything up for me after yeah. that because I went full out. Like, I went as Freddy Krueger. I spent a week experimenting with liquid latex on my face and, like, letting it dry and then picking it so it would blister up, then put makeup on it and, like, dark red inside the circles. I like was, like, full-time Savini on my own face. And I made like, I got fabric glue and made like the sweater with strips of green felt on a red sweatshirt, had a fedora, had the glove, like the, <laughs> the glove from like Hot Topic you could get. Yeah. Well, damn, who and, ruined it for you? Yeah. Uh, the, um, the, I'm not going to, this doesn't sound right. The girls did uh, at the dance because I was so excited and I went and I did a dance and I did a slow dance with a girl and just, she was just like, God, you smell so bad. And it was because. <sighs> The fabric glue, the liquid latex. And it was like, that was, not, she was not the first person to say that in the evening. Aww. But that was the, it was all building up to that. I was like, I'm dancing with this girl who, of course, is like a foot and a half taller than me. I was in love with her. And she's like, oh, what is that odor? That's you. Oh, God. You know, and plus I your face looks so gross. Rob trauma. Yeah. And so, Sorry. no, this is the worst part, right? So, 
She says that. That's the final straw. I'm like, fuck, I'm taking this fucking thing. And I go into the bathroom <laughs> and I peel the whole face off. And I'm just like, fuck this. And while I'm in the bathroom, they announce that I've won best costume at the dance. <laughs> And it was just, it was like a, it was just like a typical story of my life where I was just like, I was so concerned about what, about no, I swear to God, I was so concerned about how people were felt about me or especially girls that it forced me to make a decision that then I came out and it's all my fault. I mean, I should have just been confident in, I look like Freddy Krueger and fuck yeah, I love Freddy Krueger, you know, but no, I let, I let other, other influencing factors uh, destroy my night. So then that kind of <laughs> added a pall to the future uh, Halloween's. That'll ruin it for you. It makes you. me want to throw a dance for you so you could like relive, like re Ooh. fix that trauma and you show up. This as is like a reality show thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll track down that girl and uh, makers tell her, tell you that you smell really good. Yeah. And then they will reenact you winning the award. That's, that's a bad be fun. I'm, I'm sure that there's been advancements in liquid latex technology where now it smells like a spring meadow. But we'll throw then, skunk, we'll throw skunk pheromones on the girls. Yeah. So they can't yeah, they'll be the stinky ones. Like a, like Carrie, except it's yeah. skunk. <laughs> They're all going to laugh at you. Uh, <laughs> Kate, uh, I did see you in a costume last year because we did our glass cannon live, uh, on Halloween weekend. Everybody was dressed up and you were, what were you? Top, Top Gun? What the hell were you? No, I was someone from The Expanse. I just, like, got oh. uh, one of those, like, jumpsuit things. I've always wanted one. So I was mm-hmm. like, this is a good excuse to get one. And then I, like, printed out on fabric, like, the Rasinante logo and, like, the engineer thing and just, like, put that on and was like, there's my costume. Um yeah, like I, I like Halloween just fine, but I feel like you're not allowed to just like like it regular. It's like everyone <laughs> on the planet is just like I've been planning for months, and I've got eight classes, I'm going to seven parties, and I'm like, I I like the idea of that. Like when I see people doing it, and when I go out on Halloween, not super dressed up, I'm just like, I wish I put in more effort, but like I'm never gonna. <laughs> yeah. I only like went all out once, and it was fun, but like it's just mostly stressful planning it, and. I did it once. I did it up once, and I'm I'm done. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, that's that's how I feel. It feels like a lot of work, and if you uh, if you if you do it all up, and uh, it's it's all for naught, then you just feel like, what did I do? I'm, I'm a tryhard yeah. now. <laughs> uh, I, I realize also, Troy, that part of my reticence is that I've. I feel like I've burned most of the costumes that incorporate glasses because I've always got to like, I can't be walking around in the dark also blind. So I've been Buddy Holly. I've been Garth from Wayne's World. I've been Simon from Alvin and the Chipmunks. So who's left? Egon. There yeah, you can be an Egon, a, a Sherman in Peabody. These are, these are it's also when you've committed ones, to a facial hairstyle and you don't oh. want to you know, lose it for one night. That also influences, like, when I had to have a beard for seven straight years, it was, uh, it limits your choices. A lot yeah. of Richie Tenenbaums. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. We, uh, by next week, if, if you don't have a costume, um, see if you've changed your mind. I, I we have a show, uh, in Brooklyn on, uh, October 22nd. 
And uh, I thought that was like far enough from Halloween that we didn't have to dress up. But then on stage in Boston, Skid is like, hey, you should all come. We're all going to dress up. And I'm like, I guess we're all dressing up. So now I'm going to buy a fucking costume. Uh, I think I've got an idea, but uh, I want to tweak it a little bit. Damn Um, it, Skid. (laughs) So we all got to dress up now. Are you going to give us a hint? um, It is. Here's my hint. It is from a classic 80s cartoon. Awesome. I love this. Gummy bears. Done. My backup Sweet. is yep. sexy. He's a street shark. Sexy gummy bear. Sexy gummy bear. <laughs> it's uh, John Candy thing. from Camp Candy. Man, <laughs> don't get me started on Saturday morning cartoons. It makes no sense <laughs> that they're not on TV today. Um, Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about time for chaos because, uh, according to my watch, that's on this hand. <laughs> It's time for chaos. Uh, quick little recap from last week. I emailed you guys today, so I'm pretty much just going to paraphrase that. It's Friday night. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's actually Friday night in real life as well. Well, no, we're pre-recording this. But you at home, the millions watching at home, it's Friday. Unless you watch it on YouTube later. Whatever. The point is, in the story, it's Friday night. And you have traveled to uh, Westchester, past Sing Sing Prison in the distance, where hopefully... Hilton Adams is still alive, but maybe he's already uh, had his day with old Sparky. Uh, but you travel to Westchester uh, to go to the Carlisle Mansion. Vaughn Ferruz were uh, kind of split up into twos. Vaughn and Ferruz were looking for Erica Carlisle uh, to speak with her because you have all this information you want to share with her about her dead brother. And you got a meeting with her, but you feel like that meeting is going to take too long. You met the lawyer, Bradley Gray, and he said, I'll see what I can do. You were able to sweet talk him. But time is of the essence. You need information. And so you're looking for her at this party. Everyone's dressed to the nines. Maybe some of you feel a little bit out of place, even though you either borrowed or stole or um, had Vaughn buy you nice clothing. But while you're looking for Erica, Vaughn gets accosted by Bradley Gray, seems to have taken a bit of an interest in Mr. Villiers. Uh, and while you're chatting with him, Feyruz looks over and sees her father canoodling with a young girl in the corner. She goes off to perhaps confront him. Meanwhile, Margot and Carter were looking for a room where possibly there would be a safe. You're looking for Roger Carlyle's safe. Um, but there are armed guards everywhere. You look upstairs, there's armed guards up there. And so you're looking for a way maybe to p- circumvent the guard upstairs. And as you're looking for that, Margot notices a man who's staring at her and she thinks... It's the guy that was standing in the rain staring at her when she and Carter were at the deli speaking to Lieutenant Poole just the day before. This man that was just staring. She went outside in the rain to try and track him down, and he disappeared. Speaking of Lieutenant Poole, you didn't hear from him all day. He was kind of noncommittal, kind of wrecked by the photographs you were showing him, but you explained to him that Millie Adams and who knows who else could be in great danger He needs to act on this. He said he would do it sort of off the books and get back to you. He hasn't. Um, You call the precinct and you're getting the runaround from them a little bit. So depending on what goes down at the party, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like your current plan is to (laughs) extract as much information as you can 
from this uh, charity gala to save Brooklyn orphans. And after the festivities tonight, head back to the city, rest, regroup. And if you don't hear back from Lieutenant Poole by tomorrow, you're looking to head to Juju House uh, either tomorrow during the day or at night, which is the dark of the moon, Saturday night. And you know that the dark of the moon has some sort of connection to all of this, according to what Hilton Adams said. Where should we begin? How about with a luck roll? Let's see, because <laughs> you're going to need all the luck in the world tonight right. if we get through anything that I've actually planned. Once again, this is a roll that you're trying to fail. And if That's you do, a fail. What if you roll your exact luck number? That's considered a success. Damn it. Damn it. Poop salad. Um, yeah, if it was the other way around, like if you were trying to succeed, you want to hit on yeah. or below your number. Um, so technically that's a failure. But if you did, I mean a success. But if you failed, give yourself an extra D10. Any failures tonight? I failed. Any human failures? Just kidding. Um, give yourself a D10. What'd you get? I got a five. Ooh, nice. lucky you. That's good. Got 47 now. I'm really climbing my way back up. <laughs> I also, can I, I just want to throw one thing out there, player-wise, uh, for the Erica Carlisle thing. So I feel like since we're here and we're up against it with the Millie Adams situation and everything, obviously we want to talk to her about her brother's expedition and all that stuff. But I feel like trying to lean on her for help in this current situation by tying the two together. Like you could stop what happened to your brother from stopping right now. We're in the middle of it. It's all happening as like a, you know, it's probably a Hail Mary. But if if we've lost pool. And we got nowhere else to go apart from walking into Juju House with just the four of us. Uh, it might be something worth trying. That's all. Totally. You think she knows if there's anybody who's still alive? Well, that's part of the, you know, we want to tell her that. But it was more Same. like, make some calls. You're super rich. Get some yeah. police down there. That's not the 14th Precinct or whoever. You oh, know, to be know. his Hail Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, to like help us. It's worth you know, a or shot. Or with Hilton or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's worth a shot. Um, right at the end of last episode, you see, uh, I think Bradley's like, oh, it's Erica. As all of you are starting to see other people and wander around. So I imagine uh, she stands at the base of the stairs and maybe walks up two or three stairs or so. So she's slightly above everyone in the room and uh like taps her champagne glass and everyone uh, turns uh, at attention and there's maybe the, there's a piano player who uh, stops playing right when uh, the producer hit the, the music. <laughs> the violin. There's this, the violin, <laughs> the violinists immediately stop and they smash their violins on the ground. Do we have that sound? I really want to get the players in the Just zone. Just a record scratch? DJ Khaled's been shot. No, it's the Punisher. It's the Punisher. Good Joe on the ones and twos tonight. Thank you, Joe. Ding, 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 ding. 
And she's, uh, I should give you a physical description of her, which I, uh, should have had prepared, but I was so excited. Um, she is beautiful, absolutely beautiful and a natural beauty. Uh, she has clear, uh, pale skin that is accentuated ever so carefully, uh, by perfectly applied makeup. Uh, she's wearing very fashionable, uh, clothing. Um, Vaughn and Margot, you would immediately notice, uh, she's wearing clothing, uh, by European designers. It has a, very very European flair about it. Uh, she has uh, blonde hair that is uh, just kind of styled into short, cropped curls. Um, and she's got not a tiara, but sort of a diamond-encrusted headband on. Um, she, she definitely... Uh, catches the eye, and when she does this, everyone turns uh, to look at her, and she says, welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for coming this evening. Um, the money that we have raised uh, tonight and uh, will continue to raise over the coming weeks uh, will go such a long way to helping these poor lost souls um, in the borough of Brooklyn. Uh, I cannot thank you enough. It is a cause that has always been near and dear to my heart. Um, and, uh, and, and to see this, this outpouring of, uh, not only, uh, money, but, uh, affection and interest in this cause, um, just truly warms my heart. So, um, you're not here to listen to me talk. Uh, anyways, just enjoy the party, uh, drink up, not too much. And, um, if you need anything, uh, we have plenty of, uh, butlers here to, uh, help you in any way. Um, to the orphans. And everyone raises a glass. Tell the orphans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she comes down, uh, the staircase and she's just like, uh, kind of greeted by people who are, uh, smiling at her and looking. Vaughn, you're talking with Bradley and Bradley's mm-hmm. like, so, Mr. Villiers, what were we talking about? I'm, I'm just, I'm a, I have to admit I'm a bit in my cups and mm. I have lost my train of thought. And he puts well, his hand, like, right on your chest. Mm-hmm. And it turns like, yes, I suppose it's quite easy to lose one's train of thought when confronted with the, uh, um, Miss Carlyle and all her glorious raiment. Yes, isn't she awe-inspiring? Uh, I could only hope to, uh, draw as much attention as she do when she walks into a room. Mm, yes, uh, no, not all of us are as gifted with um, social gravity. I don't suppose I couldn't uh, persuade you to provide me with a personal introduction over the course of tonight's proceedings? Oh, uh, I suppose. Um, but uh, I would be careful as to what you uh, talk to her about. You know, we don't want to be rude. This is a, uh, a gala to uh, raise money. This isn't a time to... Uh shall we say, pursue your own interest. But <laughs> look at me. I'm not even heeding my own advice. Yes, Mr. Gray, well, I, I assure you I'll be the soul of discretion. I think we understand the importance of discretion, don't we? Oh, but of course. Um, oh, actually, she's she now... Um, uh, Miss Carlyle, Miss Carlyle. Uh, and she turns and she kind of looks at Bradley and she says, Yes, Bradley, thank you for coming this evening. And uh, and who is your uh, friend here? Ah, excellent. And I will uh, turn and, um, like, and extend my hand. Uh, I've been looking forward to this introduction very much, Miss um, Carlyle. My name is Villiers, Vaughn Villiers. Charmed. She puts her hand out for you to kiss it, and she's like, Villiers? Villiers? Uh, now, where do I know that name? 
Uh, oh, yes, Mr. Gray uh, mentioned you and your associates were interested in speaking with me. Yes, now it's all coming back to me. Uh, this is all with regards to my dead brother, is it not? <laughs> uh, well, uh, since you've been so bold as to bring it up, I... I you've caught me out. Uh, Miss Carlyle. Yes, indeed. We, we did wish to speak to you about that matter. Um, but not that matter only, but, um, how it touches upon ongoing occurrences. Oh, yes. And she grabs another uh, champagne from, like, a, a waiter coming by, and she's like, run along, Bradley. Uh, let me speak with Mr. Villiers. Uh, and he's like, um, oh, uh, yes, uh, uh, yes, of course, Miss Carlyle. And he, uh, scurries off, kind of gives a, a look towards the both of you. And she turns to you and she's like, mm, Bradley's a good lawyer and a, uh, a close confidant for what it's worth. Um, and for that, and that reason alone is why I considered uh, taking a meeting out of respect for him. But even he should have known better that I have no interest in discussing Roger. I spent enough time traveling over to that dreadful continent and back to ever want to revisit any thoughts of him. He's passed, Mr. Villiers. It's time to move on. Uh, though I must admit, your showing up here does have my intention. I in attention, rather. I do enjoy a, a person who is bold, and you appear to be bold. Uh, <laughs> you also appear to be a man of means, so I can assume you are not crashing this party. No, indeed, and, um... Your philanthropic attitude has my deepest admiration, Miss Carla. Oh, um, we do what we can. Those of us with means should give back. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. Villiers? It is the burden of those of us who have been gifted with a certain comfort that we may act as the instruments um, by which others may rise out of their present predicament. What? It's very well We must well do put. good in the world if we have the means to do so. Yes, that is very well put. Uh, rather poetic, I may say, Mr. Villiers. What, it is, what is it that you do for work? <laughs> um, I confess you've caught me out again. Work has never been so much my line. I suppose there are some that would um, precisely label me as a dilettante. I, I, I confess that um, I'm, a, I'm a jack of many trades, but a master of few. Although I did, um, after the war, I've done a great deal of traveling. I, I, I myself have been to the, uh, the distant continent you referred to, as well as uh, several others. Oh, is that so? Well, I can see just from this conversation why Mr. Gray took an interest in you. She kind of looks over at him, who's already, like, uh, talking to another group of people. Mm -hmm. But, and I do not wish to, uh, to disturb you, upset you, or needlessly dredge up anything from the past that may, um... Uh, cause you any sort of displeasure. Yes. <laughs> uh, but a personal friend of mine has lately met with a fate not unlike your unfortunate late brothers. <sighs> Is that so? Well, yes. I am sorry to hear that. Um, uh, what, what happened, may I ask? I will attempt to be as tactful as possible. Uh, in point of fact, Miss Carlyle, not to disturb your delicate sensibilities, my close friend was brutally murdered. And under circumstances, and by individuals 
Not unlike those responsible for the murder of your brother. Mr. Villiers, that is um, a tragic thing that happened to your friend, but <laughs> linking it to what may or may not have happened to my brother, uh, you have to understand I'm quite skeptical right off the bat. That seems like uh, quite a leap, and frankly, had I known that this is what the discussion was going to um, be centered around, not only would I have not taken the meeting, but I would have ended this conversation much earlier. So, perhaps you'd like to backtrack? Or are we done here? Miss Carla, but a moment ago, we were saying... How people of our class are burdened with particular responsibilities. Yes. I believe that we have a responsibility to seek justice where we see it undone and to hopefully get to the heart of truths that leave justice undone and others oppressed and their misfortunes exacerbated. I believe that you and I share common enemies. Those who have done us harm and those who wish to do harm to those even more vulnerable than ourselves who are not protected by the uh, privileges that you and I have been so blessed to share. I would very much like to speak to you about this in greater detail. I understand that a social occasion such as this is maybe not the best venue for a parlay of this sort, but I know that I'm speaking to someone who takes these matters seriously, and if you take them as seriously as I do, then I can only hope that um, we can have a serious conversation on these matters post-haste. Post you have to understand, it gets to a certain point where I tire of talking about my brother. And that point passed long ago. So everyone wants to know about Roger. It's been that way since I was born. Truth be told, I detested my brother's whole way of life. It doesn't sound like you shared that experience with your now deceased friend. Roger and I were born into a great family. Look around you, as you can see. Yet he preferred to waste it away in excess. I suppose I blame our father. He ignored and neglected us both, but where I found ways to flourish with what little I had, Roger acted out. I'll be honest with you, Mr. Villiers. With the life he led, I believe he's better off dead. I doubt you share the same opinion about your friend. Of course, even the circumstances surrounding Roger's death were too bizarre to be decent. I'm not sure how much you know about us. But when our parents passed in an automobile crash, Roger took over the family business after receiving what they call uh, a um, gentleman's resignation from Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Miskatonic, Cornell, and USC. We all assumed he would just fail at running the family business as well, run it straight into the ground. But he shocked us when he proved quite capable at first. Of course, it didn't take long before his old habits kicked in and his debaucheries were the talk of every paper in town. Mm. <laughs> I am... Takes more champagne. I am not here to... Uh, again, call to mind the particular proclivities 
of your brother? I, 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 he may be in a better place. Perhaps. Ah. Uh, but I for one believe that the line between this world and the next is gossamer thin. Ah. Uh, if that is the case, what would you say to me if I were to tell you that my friend who has perished under these most atrocious circumstances in the last days had information pertaining to your brother and to his expedition at large? <laughs> the expedition. Yes. I've heard about that ad nauseum, Mr. Villiers. And, you know, and from seen the, it, I dare say, I, I, I believe. Did oh, yes, not? I went out to make sure that everything was as they said it was, and it appeared to be so. That whole thing has plagued me from the minute he left. I knew from the beginning that the ex expedition was much more than one of Roger's foolish whims. I believe what? that some secret fascinated and worried Roger. Hmm. If you ask me, and she whispers under her breath, she's like... I think it was that Negro woman, Bounet, that caused Roger's obsession with going to Africa. Um, you can see uh, Vaughn freeze somewhat. I see. <clears throat> and you have a psychology? you have a, any points in psychology? I do. Yeah, give me a psychology roll. I, uh, oh. Well, alas, I, I don't make it. You don't make it, okay. So you just kind of hear that. You let that racism kind of wash into your brain. And be like, okay, interesting. She clearly, we know where she stands. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm like pivoting here and like how to... I understand that you find this situ situation most unfortunate. I still believe that my friend um, was perhaps a victim of similar murderers. And my friend was of the opinion that not everybody perished on that expedition. In particular, Mr. Jack Brady was seen alive afterwards. Jack Brady. Jack Brady was always very loyal to Roger. He was someone that Roger could always trust. Do you know that it was in California that Carlisle's, uh, Roger's lawyers saved Brady from certain conviction for murder? This occurred while Roger was spending a semester at USC. He was already thrown out of every other college. Brady. And you say he's alive? I say he was been seen, yes. Well, that's not the information that I have, Mr. Villiers, so and perhaps you've been told some cruel joke. Perhaps. On the subject of information that you have, I was wondering if such information that you have might be shared with interested parties who would by no means seek to spread or Use this information to malign your brother or your family and act with utmost discretion. But only seek to use the information that you yourself possess 
to enlarge our own theories on this outstanding murder, the perpetrators of which are still at large. I fall upon the goodwill that you possess, that you extend with such beautiful largesse to the orphans of Brooklyn, you might also extend to me and my compatriots. May I see your brother's papers, his books, his notes, that I might come to a deeper understanding of the blackguards that murdered him and my friend. And she just narrows her eyes at you. And we cut over to Carter <laughs> and Margot. Margot, you just saw this gentleman across the room staring at you. You make eye contact and he looks away and you're certain it was the guy that was standing across the street while you were at the deli with Carter, uh, again, talking to Lieutenant Poole. What do you guys do? Oh, I think um, last episode when I saw him, I was like, just blinded by that and was like, Carter, like, that's the man that I saw outside of the sandwich shop that you did not see that was watching us and grab him and start going in that direction, just like muttering like, they're always watching. I knew it, they're always watching. They're in the shower, they're at the sandwich shop, and now they're here. Wait, wait, hold, hold on. Let's say Vaughn's talking to the, Margo, Vaughn's talking to the Carlisle chick. Okay, I need to resolve this. This person is real, and he's here, and wa- they're watching us. With, we'll never get anything if, if they're watching us, and they, and, the, and they know. She's not making sense. All right, Car- Carter's <laughs> trying to, like, crane his neck because she's kind of, like, pulling him a bit and, like, seeing Vaughn chatting up Erica, and he, like, turns back to her. He's like, okay, all right, all right. What do you want to do? Is the guy, like, moving away from me at all, or is he standing he's, still? He's turned away from you, and he's standing uh, at the window, and he appears to be alone. Um, which which guy are you talking about? It's a man with, with a hat. He's got a hat on. Uh, yes, he has a hat. And do I see him, Troy? Uh, you do, yep. Okay. She points, and you see the guy. He's just kind of like a little bit of a side profile. It's the oh, same hat, hat. guys. Yeah, he's wearing a hat inside. Bullshit. <sighs> Let's go talk to him. So, yeah, she, she goes up to him, taps him on the shoulder. And the man turns... Uh, Carter's, like, puffing his chest out. He's trying to look, like, bigger. The man turns to look at you, and um, he takes off his hat, and he's uh, got uh, short-cropped brown hair. Uh, he's handsome, but he has, like, a small scar under his left eye. Oh. Um, and he just uh, looks at you quizzically. Hello. Hello. She's just realizing she didn't know what she wanted to say. She just assumed he would run away. Um, and he says... Uh, Hello. We we have never met before, but we've, I think we've crossed paths. Are you, do you recognize us at all? I, I I feel like I recognize you. No, I'm I'm sorry. You must be thinking of someone else. Um, oh, you probably just caught me <laughs> staring at you. It's rather embarrassing. I uh, I <laughs> I was just. Uh, rather captivated by uh, your beauty and uh, your <laughs> fashion-forward style. 
<laughs> I, um, I'm, I, I do apologize. I didn't mean any offense by looking in your direction, but uh, I, I don't think I've ever had the pleasure of meeting you. Is he like cute? <laughs> oh, he's a good-looking guy. He's rugged, ruggedly handsome with that little Ooh. scar. Kind of gives him that bad boy look. <laughs> You've got a, like, a scar. <laughs> yeah, you think that's a scar, pal? Uh, oh God! Hey, uh, uh, Troy, with that whole like uh, your beauty is whatever. Can Carter do like a? <laughs> can Carter do like a? Is he like sniff? Like he kind of wants to sniff. Right? Yeah, wants to do a sniffy con man. Like, is this guy putting on? A, he wants to put on his condar. His condar. Yeah, give I me. I would also uh, like to roll psychology if both, I can. Both of you give me a uh, psychology roll. Okay. Damn this it! Is, you know what? Well, what, what, what did you get? Uh, fuck. 74 over 50. That's All right. I, I got a 64 over 50, but I'm going to spend 14 luck to make it a success. What? Sure. So you don't ever remember talking to this man before, but you are certain now that you see him that it was the man staring at you across the street. So... Either he's quite good at lying, or something else is going on here. Quite good at mm. lying, or something else is going on here. So, I feel like I want to mention, like, I, I still, I'm certain that I saw you just yesterday. Where were you yesterday? <laughs> uh, where was I yesterday? Like around well, lunchtime. Where, where did you have lunch? I, I wasn't even in New York. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. You must have mistaken me for someone else. I actually uh, just arrived in New York a, a few hours ago to attend um, this benefit. Okay. I'm sorry. Do I d- detect a, a, a German accent? You know what? We, we don't know him. He doesn't know us. Let's get. We don't need to keep this. Let's get. Let's let's get out of here. We don't. Yes, it was nice meeting you, you, sir. I'm not from here either. Oh, how lovely! Well, I I, uh, I speak a little German. I never get a chance to to use it. Does your friend speak German as well? Huh, she looks me? At you. No, I don't. That's a personal choice. Ah, um, and so he he just starts uh, speaking in German, and he's smiling uh, the whole time. But very quickly, you realize that his jovial tone does not match the words that he says to you, because he says to you in German, he says, um, the order is watching you right now as we speak. You have done uh, very well thus far. Um, and it, it seems like he's searching for the words in German to make it look like he's struggling his way. Um, one must always have a healthy thirst for knowledge, uh, even while attending charity galas. And he just kind of looks past you all the way to the other side of the room. And if you follow his eyes, you see a waiter uh, coming out of a library. And he has uh, a plate full of champagne flutes in this library in the southwest corner of the room. And guests are filing in and out. Um, He's like, I'm sorry, my my accent probably isn't uh, as 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 good as yours as a uh, native speaker. Anyhow, I do apologize. I I didn't mean to stare, and uh, I hope you find the person you were looking for. But it wasn't me. Enjoy the party. Blibbity blah blah blah. I don't want to <laughs> sit here with, during all these sweet nothings. What's the? Come on. Um. 
he just he it I, 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 I was wrong it's I don't I don't know I've just been um, a mess these few days I'm assuming he's walked away mm-hmm. um I don't know I'm second guessing everything but um I'm 100% certain I know what he was saying. It's the same thing in every language. He's telling you how beautiful you look tonight and how cool and cutting edge this trash bag dress is or whatever you're wearing right now. I yes. get it. I, a con man smells a con man. He wanted to take me off into another room and I said no, but when I looked over there, I saw um, a room that maybe we should maybe um, check out and uh, maybe looks like a library. Um, she points over to it so you can see it. So maybe maybe we should go in there. Maybe the safe is in, in, in there. We we need to continue with our um, thirst for knowledge and not be blinded by this party and anything else. I'm 100% focused. Let's do it. Library it is. And so you go in the direction of the library, and, and Margaret, if you turn to look in the direction of that gentleman, you saw him a second ago walking through a group of people, and now you look, and he's not in sight anywhere. And from there we cut to Feyruz just walking beeline, I'm assuming mm-hmm. to your father who's just like whispering uh, to a, a woman that's probably 30 years younger than him and uh, she's just <laughs> oh Nadi <clears throat> Hello father and from if you've recalled uh Feyruz calls her father Baba. So if anybody, it's like the equivalent of your mother calling you by your full name, first, middle, last. <laughs> and you know, you know you're in fucking trouble right now. <laughs> Hello, father. And I imagine he, you're <laughs> talking to him maybe from behind or the side, and you see his whole body stiffen when he hears your voice and hears you uh, speak in that way. And uh, he turns and looks at you and looks at the girl. Mm-hmm. And the girl's like, Nadi, who is this? And he says, uh, no one, my dear. Uh, it's uh, Oh, my dear, you really shouldn't be seen at a function like this with a stain on your gown. You really ought to go to the powder room and fix that up. <laughs> no, and sh- she will pour her drink on her dress. Oh, oh, that is un- unnecessary. What a, what a, what an unfortunate, uh, and she's like, ah, and she's like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, this Screw is, uh, you, floozy. An, an old, an old <laughs> student of mine pointing at you. Um, uh, p- please, um, here, c- c- uh, go get some club soda. I'll, I will, I'll, I will find you in just a moment. I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh, my dress, my dress. And she goes off to the bathroom and he turns on you, uh, like smiling. He's like, Ferus, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? What I do is none of your concern. Oh, but here's the thing, Father, is that I have been keeping you in the loop of everything that I've been doing, including being my my time in New York, and you've specifically been given information about the case that I am working on and just happened to be in the house at a function of the woman that is in involved in this investigation that I'm conducting. And you, you don't even tell me. You don't have the decency to tell me that you're here. So tell me exactly what it is that you're doing here because I find it very hard to believe that it's here on your because of your charitable nature. He grabs you by the arm a little force, forcefully, like maybe he would do that when you were a little girl, and pulls you to the window and says, will you keep your voice down? And his tone changes. Now then. When last we spoke, 
Perhaps I did not make it clear. You were to leave New York and return to your studies. The fact that you are here right now, speaking in such a manner in earshot of all these people, is greatly disturbing. Where did you get the money for this party? Oh, father. Is that what you think of me? That I wouldn't even be in the presence of of people on 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 your level of society. I know where your money comes from. It comes from me, and I did not send money for you to buy tickets to this event. What are you I, doing for money? I was invited, just like you were. By a gentleman. What does he do for work? <laughs> Well, now that is none of your business, as you love to say. Why don't you tell me what it is that you're doing here? Because, as far as I know, I've never seen you take an interest in orphans of Brooklyn. My reason for being here, not unlike you, has nothing to do with charity. Then what is it for? Do you know? Do you know the links? That I had to go to, to get you initiated into the society, and this is how you repay me by talking to me like I am some common street urchin. So, are you telling me that this is a uh, society function? No, it is not a society function, but there are other members. Of the society here, and、Why? they will see you here. Why is none of your business? You are in over your head, Feroz, and the fact that we are being seen together puts us both in great danger. You, you could jeopardize father, all we are trying we to do. Why would we not be seen together? But everyone knows our connection. It is best to keep things quiet. And then he leans in, and you see a look in his eyes that. Maybe you've seen before, but not for a long time, and it's like wide-eyed. And he says, "A great darkness is coming, my child. We have all sensed it, and no doubt you have sensed it too. Existence, as we know it, is on a ticking clock." Well, see, that is fascinating, and I'm actually very humored by your earlier. Proclamation of none of this is my business because this is exactly my business, and you know exactly why. So either you really tell me what is going on and your involvement in it, or your name might be in the papers, unfortunately, along with everybody else that we're going to expose. It was a time when I saw something in you, and that is why. You were brought to know things that most people would kill to know, but now I look at you, and I listen to your tone, and I see something else in your eyes. I see、it? a darkness, a darkness I have not seen since your since mother. Go ahead. I have made a mistake, many mistakes. Please, and he grabs me with both arms. Go home, Pharaohs. I、Go home before it is too late. I shall do no such thing, Father. Go home. And a couple people look when he raises his voice. 
Anyways, it was lovely meeting you, and I must go attend to my friend and her dress. I'm sorry. Home. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you're attending to her dress quite uh, frequently. Yes. Well, I hope to see you again, my child. Oh, you will, because no matter what you say about all the favors you've done of conducting me, inducting me into this order. You and I both know that you need me. Enjoy your evening. Perhaps you are right. Enjoy yours as well. And he turns and he sees the girl come out of the bathroom. Oh, your dress. Let me take it off. (laughs) You cad. (laughs) Cad. And from there we cut back to... Vaughn and Erica Carlisle. Mm. You just asked her pretty boldly Point to blank. see I mean, his notes. Clock is ticking, baby. And she just shakes her head and she's like, I, I'm sure you understand that uh, rehashing these things uh, is difficult for me. Indeed. I I know how difficult it is to ruminate on past tragedies. The mind works in mysterious ways, and sometimes they come rushing back, uninvited. I certainly do not wish to shake loose emotions that have been kept at bay for a great deal of time. It is only because... Tragedies precede apace. And I feel as though our two tragedies are connected. That I that I press on you in this way. And she's like holding back emotion a little bit, but you can also see she's uh, maybe had a little. She's had a little too much to drink. She's not like super mm. in her cups, but she's that's making her a little more emotional. I mean, I feel like a. May I roll something to see if this uh, persuasion or or. Um, yeah, I was just going to call for something. Uh, it's not quite fast talk, so uh, I would let you do fast talk if you wanted to, but this seems more like a persuade. Yeah, or a persuade or a charm, maybe? Yeah, I would. Um, I could get uh, very charming. You, Vaughn, not you, Ross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, try whichever one you want. I'm going to go check ch- on both tactics. I'm going to go charm, mm-hmm. uh, since that seems to be what I'm leaning on here. Okay, let's go for it. Yes, sir. All right. That is... I'm going to spend five points of luck to make that a hard success. Okay. Okay. Sometimes the the role play is so good, I don't even need rolls. But a hard success on charm... But but let's just say... Okay, so if if that is a success, then... um, um, We both have dealt with tragedies of our own kind. I, I do not believe in accidents, Miss Carlyle. There was a time when I believe I was as cynical as you proclaim yourself to be. Hmm. But I have seen and learned things since to know that there is providence at work in the world. Yes, but Mr. And providence has brought us together. I'd like to believe that my, my tragedy started long before Roger passed. 
You know, when he was alive, he nearly ruined the entire, all of Carlyle's interests, transport, munitions, import, export, you name it. He drained them of all operating capital with his playboy lifestyle. And I, his own sister, was an afterthought to him. It took his death for me to finally have a say in anything. Before that, he nearly left me impoverished. I was not even to, to touch the Carlisle money. This is how he ran things. And that says nothing of what he did to the Carlisle name. Luckily, as you can see, I've, I've found a way to rise above and restore the Carlisle name. It is a benefit. It is a testament to your strength of character. Uh, your, your financial acumen and your many charms that you have recuperated the Carlisle name from the state in which it was left by your brother. Yes, our holdings are flourishing. And I'll tell you this, the management and the stockholders are not the only ones that are glad that Roger is gone. Nichonka Bunet was her name. I have no idea how Roger came to meet her, but even before this Bunet came to rule Roger's life, he began to have strange dreams which something seemed to beckon to him and, and call out to him that something must be done. Takes a big swig of champagne. And as she swigs, the line Carlyle's dreams from Elias's letter is just like typewritten in mind. Like usual suspect style. You see Carlyle's dreams. Um, Barbershop Quartet, Skokie, Illinois. Roger would um, wake up screaming, but absolutely refused to dis discuss his dreams beyond that, with me at least. In an I'll tell you this, my, my love still existed for him, no matter how he treated me. And so I attempted to help my brother. I recommended that Roger uh, visit a, a man by the name of Dr. Robert Houston. He was a bit of a, a lion amongst my social set. He spent time in Vienna studying under both Freud and Jung. So needless to say, when he returned stateside, he was quite popular. I actually had met with him a few times myself, and um, I thought maybe he could help Roger with his dreams. Well, I don't know what went on behind closed doors between those two, but now that I, now that I think about it, I believe that Houston was the one that convinced Roger into this expedition, undoubtedly with Bunet's collusion. It is the one thing I feel guilty about, Mr. Villiers, introducing the two of them. But I'm still convinced it was all Bunet's fault that all Roger ultimately lost his grip on all reality. He began uh, disappearing for days, only to turn up wild-eyed and crazed, saying only that he had been spending time in Harlem. Really? Yes. Houston supposedly went abroad on this expedition with Roger in order to continue his treatment. And now... Look where they both are. Gone. Or perhaps still alive, as you say, Mr. Villiers. I almost called you Mr. Vanillius. That's not your name. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like I'm back in boys' school. Oh, <laughs> here comes Vanillius again. That's yeah. what they'd say, I bet. Hmm. Yes. This, um, now, and this is a... Uh, Ross asking this. This Bonet character, who she's laying all this blame mm -hmm. on... Does that name appear in those notes? Because that's that doesn't sound familiar to me. That's a new name to you. Yeah, you haven't heard yeah. um, of a Nachanka Bunet. Mm -hmm. 
In this uh, Bonnet, where did she land after all was said and done? To be honest, I don't know, and I don't care. She seduced his very soul, Mr. Villiers. He would say that she was queenly, a priestess, and that she held secrets which he must have. When he said he wanted to go to Africa, for a while I encouraged the expedition, assuming that eventually Roger would come to his senses and see that Bunet and her tales were nothing but mumbo-jumbo. Yes. There are strange forces at work in the world. You've been very forthcoming indeed. I don't suppose that, um... Uh... No. I still I don't suppose that it would be possible to look over your brother's effects, if only to grasp more clearly and uh, get our hands around. Who did this? There is, um... There is baleful business in Harlem once again. And if we might, uh... have access to, um... whatever books were in your brother's safe, perhaps we might be able to, uh... draw a clearer picture. I will think about this while we take a word from our sponsors. So this conversation between Vaughn and Erica is actually moving forward in ways that you probably weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, she's being quite forthcoming with you. So something perhaps in what you on. said has convinced her, but now you're asking for that enchilada of his notes, his books or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what's Feyre's doing now that her father has rebuffed her? Um, well, Feyre's being given knowledge that there are eyes on them tonight, um, wants to do a little study of the room, but she does want to make her way back, um, to find either Vaughn or, uh, Margo, 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 Margo and Carter. I merged them together. Yes. That's our ship. Cargo. Um, Cargo and Margo. Cargo. It's a cargo ship. Yes. (laughs) Cargo ship. Cargo ship. Um, We demand the art. We demand the art. (laughs) Cargo ship. Um, Whoever I run into first, but I do want to do like a quick um, surveillance hmm. scan. A little spot hidden. Yeah, give me a little spot hidden. Let's roll some dice. Yeah. Let's get some dice rolling. I rolled a 20 under 80. That is a, uh, that is a hard success. Um... So you look around the room, and now that you're, you've got your uh, father's voice in your head, you just get this feeling like everyone is watching you. There was also a bit of a blow-up there that was weird. There was a spilled drink. A lot just happened. But now it appears everywhere you look, you're making eye contact with someone who looks away, and you look at someone else like, is everyone here from the society? 
we haven't even really talked about this. Yeah, I have no idea what we the fuck have you guys not. Are about. You know, right now that chat's like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's just like that. Click, 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 click. This all, I mean, this came out in character creation that there was it's and, it. And never really saw light until uh, recently, and now the words are starting to be uh, said. The order, the society. Um, how are these things connected, if at all? So you look around and you do feel like everyone is watching you, but you're smart. You're, you know how to like cool your emotions and be like, okay, you know you're being watched. It's hard to tell by who. You do see uh, Vaughn and Erica like engaged in a very emotional conversation, it appears. Um, and you see Margot and Carter weaving their way uh, towards like the southwest corner of the mansion um, with all haste. But nothing else jumps out of you. I don't want to blow up their spot if they're trying to inconspicuously go to the part of the house by like running over there to them. Um, I I kind of want to hover around where Vaughn and Erica Carlisle in that area. Mm -hmm. Just, I want to kind of see if I could over here get a vibe for how the conversation is going without being conspicuous. Okay. All right. So um, you start hovering over there and you hear the end of the conversation uh, that Vaughn and I just had. Um, and you're able to hear all of it. Um, you know, this Bounet seduced Africa, Robert Houston. She's the one that suggests you start like, you're trying to catch up a little bit, but you don't really have all the information. So you're just taking it in, but it seems like she's being pretty forthcoming with him. And, and, and she continues. And now you hear this and she's like, what is it that you actually want to see, Mr. Villiers? I wish to see your brother's books, madam. The description of what it was that drove him to undertake this treacherous expedition across the sea into Africa. I have a feeling that what he encountered there, the forces that conspired against him, slew him and his compatriots and that perhaps and you must follow me here Miss Carlyle the forces that brought them back maybe the ones currently still at work within the city of New York the murders are ongoing disappearances are ongoing there are dark forces at work and walking abroad on the streets of this city by night and under the dark of the moon, they shall strike again to do their dark work. We need to be armed with all the information that is relevant to our cause. And I believe that your brother was moving in these same waters. Any information that we can find shall prove useful to bringing these blackguards to justice. Toward the end of his time here at the estate, Mr. Villiers, Roger was constantly reading books old books. Yes. I happened to glance at one, one time. He was unaware. But what I read, Mr. Villiers, frightened me. 
There were things in there that I'd rather not think about, but they seemed to substantiate Roger's crazy actions. Hearing you talk, I worry that books such as these may send you quite over the edge. You're not alone in wanting them, though. Shortly after he passed, there was a break-in here at the estate, and the only room that was turned upside down was the library, where the safe is, where he kept those books. May I ask a rather indelicate question, Miss Carlyle? It wouldn't be the first you've asked this evening, Mr. Villiers. Yes, I know I've probed quite over the borders of delicacy already, so forgive me for launching myself quite over the threshold. Was there a peculiar aroma left in your library after this act of breaking and vandalism? Thankfully, no. Hmm. At least not one that I remember. It was more of a an inconvenience. Quite. But I see now that perhaps those books were important to this entire endeavor. You know, the security you see all around here is not here by accident. Even though I consider the matter closed, or at least I did until before we spoke tonight, there are secrets here that I know people want. But something about what you're saying makes me perhaps trust you. Well. Are you a fan of um, Edgar Allan Poe? Mr. Villiers. I... I know him. Baltimorean. Yes? Yes. Uh, yes. As a youth, I... I confess, um... Like... Like many young boys, I had a taste for the macabre. Yes, I... I've read my Poe, my Raven, my Annabelle Lee, my Gordon Pym, etc., did you ever read any of his letters that he would write? I'm afraid my my interest in Poe did not extend so far as into his epistolary canon, no. Well, he was just as poetic in his letters as he was in his most famed works. And there was a quote I read that I always think about when I think of Roger. He was writing a, a letter to a friend of his about his wife's uh, long uh, battle with illness that led to her death... And he said, um, thinking about this whole experience, that I became insane with long intervals of horrible sanity. I think of that often when I think of Roger. I don't like to think of my brother or avoid thinking of my brother, not only because of the way he treated me, but because of the way his memory still haunts me. If there is a way this sickness can be eradicated, Mr. Villiers, I would be most grateful. Follow me. And she, Ever your servant. She takes you in the direction uh, that Margot and Carter are heading, and Feruz, <laughs> you... I'm following. Watch this all. And uh, Margot and Carter, uh, give me a... Uh, Spot hidden here. Uh, not All right. To see if you see this happening. Yeah, I got a 48 under 62. Woo! I got a 22 under 25. 
All right, so you're both walking over there, and you turn, and you see that, like, you're about to be intercepted by uh, Vaughn and uh, Erica walking in the direction of the library. What do you do? Well, Carter's mid-conversation. He's like, I'm just saying, like, you know, like a scar on a face. Like, anybody can have a scar on a face. So I just don't know. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I'm even talking about that. Oh, shit. Oh, look, oh, look uh, should we should we stop? He's going to the library with yeah, her, it looks like. Here they come. Here they come. Oh, yes. Lovely Brooklyn orphans. Mm. Oh, the orphans. They're so homeless. Love helping I them. love helping uh, 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 homeless kids. He's trying to like. We watch them go by, but we're yeah. party goers. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should interrupt them, yeah. And she smiles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming. Of course. No Cheers. Uh, and they look at Vaughn like. Yes. Yeah, we're giving Vaughn like. Right, and uh, and Vaughn will kind of turn and as he passes, like, hmm. Uh, you're so kind to have uh, all sorts at your parties. Interesting sartorial choices. The hell? <laughs> Quite outre. Little wink as he passes by. What do you say, you British fuck? She <laughs> jabs you. <laughs> ow, ow. Okay, oh yeah. I don't know that guy at all. Yes. One, one shouldn't judge a book by their cover, Mr. Villiers. Uh, how droll. <laughs> yes. Come with um, me. As I'm like walking, slowly walking in behind, I try to catch Margot and Carter's eye. And as we have given each other certain hand signals and I don't want to be too on the nose so I kind of like uh, Ferris takes her thumb and kind of like brushes the side like the un- like her bottom lip as like I'm keeping an eye out on them Ferris like, has some sort of out on them. Ferris has some sort of crumbs on her face no she wants us to just be keep an eye out and what? but you, you get, know how do you know that it's party language, Carter. She's it's, what is party language? I have to speak with you Americans all the time. I don't understand what you're saying. I have to read your body language, She's and I just sort of cracker on. I feel her like face. all humans do that. I'm just like we talked about this. Okay. Oh, oh, hey. <laughs> what does this mean? What are you saying? Focus. Okay. Keep an eye out. Can we not? Are there? They're not like. Are there guards in front of the library, or is it um, just like party goers are kind of milling in there too? Funny you should ask, because as Erica walks up uh, to the library, uh, again, there's people coming in and out, a, like, huge dude, uh, almost seven feet tall, um, comes up, and you see he's got a pistol um, on him, like, in a holster uh, in his jacket, and he's like, everything all right, Miss Carlisle? Looking at you, Villiers. <laughs> and she goes, Joseph, of course, yes, everything's fine. Uh, Mr. Villiers, this is my uh, my man here. Uh Mr. Joe Corey, uh, Joe, this is uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Villiers. He is a uh, a new acquaintance of mine. We haven't decided yet if we're going to be friends. Um, he is he's fine, um, as far as I know. So don't don't worry about him. And he just looks at you. Mm. Pleasure, Mr. Corey. Mm. And he keeps walking right this way. Um, she walks in and she's like, um, I'm sorry, could I have the library, everyone? Could I have the library? And uh, a couple of people are like, oh, of course, Miss Carla. Oh, lovely party. The mansion looks beautiful. Orphans, orphans, orphans. Um, and uh, the last thing Margot Carter and Feyre see is uh, her standing at the doors and uh, closing them uh, from the inside. Okay. Well, let's hope this goes okay. He's definitely not mentally fragile. So... Uh-huh. Fingers crossed on that one. I think that the safe is in the library. 
Yes, we think so too. But we have to be very careful because there are... I have a hunch that there are eyes on us. Yes, people are always watching us. Not just, you know, normal security though. Can never be too sure. Haven't you had that sneaking suspicion? Yes. Nope. I mean, <laughs> I had a fit in the shower yesterday. Just, oh, people are always watching us, and I just feel it all, this, all the time. Do you think, from watching Ms. Carlyle speak with Vaughn earlier, when asking about Mr. Carlyle, her body language seemed off. Well, did you hear anything that they said before they left? What's Little bits and pieces. It seems like she's uh, cooperating with, with um, in, in showing whatever, uh, hopefully showing whatever's in that safe. But Carter in, looks disappointed. He's like, so I'm not going to break into a safe? But here's the thing, though. Initially, there was something off about her body language we're mentioning Mr. Carlyle, and I'm wondering if we do break into something, perhaps it would be her office. Uh-huh. Well, let's see how this goes. I do. You know me. I love breaking into something. But let's, let's see what happens with old double V. All right. Just try to be inconspicuous. Not a problem. Hey, big stuff. That a 22? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> walking after the big guy. <laughs> And yeah, just everywhere you look, um, like if this was a movie, you would just see different, like grotesque faces at the party. All just feel it looks like they're staring at the three of you. Flum, 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 flum. We go back to the library. You're inside the library. There's easy chairs everywhere, uh, tables with little reading lamps on them, ashtrays, a couple spittoons. Um, there's also spittoons. a couple spittoons. They had spittoons back in the twenties. They were huge. Um, there's an elaborate high Victorian iron fireplace, um, a, a magnificent teak and slate billiards table, and then, of course, several thousand volumes uh, of books protected um, behind glass cases along the walls. Um, so it's not something you could just reach in and grab. Uh, if you're glancing very quickly, you see Dickens and Radcliffe, Parkman, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, it's just, it's got everything. Um, looks like mainly literature, but then there's another section that seems to be uh, of, of stranger, maybe perhaps more esoteric uh, topics. And... Uh, she says to you that, um, yes, yeah, so this is the room where we had a break in, um, shortly after Robert's death. Um, we've cleaned it up. Luckily, they didn't break any of the glass. It's unlocked. Anyone could just, um, take books, but they didn't find what they were looking for. Um, unknown to Roger, I, found out the combination to his safe. Um, he was sloppy. It was easy. And I jotted it down. Um, I have not looked in the safe um, except after the break-in. So it's been uh, been a little while. I, uh, As I said, the books were quite disturbing. It was not something I wanted to drudge up. But I did mm. write down the uh, the combination and I jotted it down on the flyleaf of uh, one of Poe's collected works. Oddly enough, um, oh. I, I, 
I know that's in here somewhere. Uh, it should be. So uh, if you could help me find that, um, that would give you the combination uh, to the safe. Uh, Time to roll some libraries. Just a point-and-click adventure. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Just can't find that book. Let's see if I can be of any assistance, if my keen eyes can... <laughs> See through your organization system here. <laughs> Skyrim quest comes up to find the book. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, uh, all right. <laughs> you have someone one. with library skills that's outside that door. Yeah, that's true. Um, that is true. So I failed that. So that's actually maybe a decent idea. Uh, <laughs> Decent, I don't know, not, not damning with faint praise. That's a good idea. Um, I have a con man friend. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, if um, you've mislaid a volume, uh, my guest for this evening just so happens to be a uh, an academic of of the most um, astounding prowess. Um, might I invite? her to join us here in the library to search for the volume. A guest? You say, I, I wasn't aware that you were uh, with someone. Um, well, is I, she uh, on the level? Does she understand uh, everything that you've told me? She has been with me on my recent travels, and <laughs> I dare say she has proved herself more effective in almost every capacity than I myself can claim to be. Um, yes, that would be fine, and uh, to be quite honest, I need to be getting back to the party. I've told Mr. Corey that you yes, are of course. fine. Um, but if you'll uh, leave us the room, we'll, we'll of course, sir. Uh, yes, uh, the safe... Not take just, up too much of your time. It just contains these books. I've, we've installed a much more secure safe um, upstairs in the offices. Um, so... You know, there's nothing in here except those books. Um, of course. And let me show you where it is. And she brings you over to um, a, uh, like, it just looks like more books on the wall. Um, mm -hmm. But she, like, lifts it. And it's just their fake, like, four fake books mm -hmm. they lift off the side. Um, and it's just a panel there with a button. She presses the button. The button opens. And there's a safe behind it. She's like, if you are able to locate... Um, the uh, combination, you are more than welcome. It is not something I wish to uh, dive into. Mr. Villiers, it has been a pleasure. I do hope we get a chance to speak again. I'm giving you the opportunity to take this information because, perhaps fool that I am, I trust you. But I like your feistiness, <laughs> and I like the chance to put this entire thing to bed. If anything about what you said is true, have at it, Mr. Villiers. My gratitude is beyond words to express. Thank you, Miss Carla. Click. I shall prove myself Slide. worthy. And I step out and gesture for the uh, estimable Feruz Gibran. Oh, oh, yeah, she's the one who's having oh, the, the attack of hay fever there. Did you hear that woman sneeze in public? No, oh, all that, light, you know, books and such. Dusty quite dusty tones. in there. Hmm. When they Excuse open the door, Carter turns. It's like peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, <laughs> peas and carrots. To, to Margot, he falls. <laughs> chugs the rest of that champagne. Just throws it wherever there's a place to, uh, and goes right in. 
and mm-hmm. go right yeah, in. I mean, Erica comes the, out. Everyone can. Can we? Can we go in there? Yeah. Can sure. Um, Seems oh, that way. All right. Did she really just allow us all in here and just essentially fucked off? Thank God. Uh, I don't seems. think I could be out here having conversation with Carter. He could just keep saying peas and carrots over and over again. Like we're not friends and we can't just have to talk while we wait. It's because we can't. Like we, no one can. You know, it's got. We got to look mm-hmm. like we're in. in we can in have conversation. a conversation. We're friends. All okay, right. we can have a conversation. We'll no, have a conversation. It's too late now. Let's go investigate. <laughs> okay, well, I'll start making a list of things I want to talk about, and okay. then we'll talk about them later. <laughs> um, behind, are we all behind closed yeah. doors mm-hmm. now? Let's get in. Yes. It's been too long, too guys. Much. I've missed you. We've yes, been apart, yes. the four of us. Come on, let's get this magic <sighs> going. So there are eyes on us, hmm? and she. there are people who are very much aware of why we're here. Excuse and me? And she just let us have at it. What, what, what do you mean, Shibran? Is it, who other than she herself knows what we're about? I'm starting to think maybe we should have left someone outside. Oh, it's going to well, happen at a party. They're not going to uh, do anything. We're fine. It doesn't matter. From the moment we walked in, there were eyes on us. Yes, yes. Well, how could they not be? Um... Attractive characters that we are. What? Well, come on. <laughs> um, but, uh, and how is your conversation uh, with Ms. Carlyle? Peaks and valleys, Ms. Chebron. While she was quite forthcoming with information about her brother, it seems that all is not paradise within the house Carlyle. And uh, quite a bit I of... Uh, saw uh, that in her body language. Yes, not, not, a, not a great deal of respect about her brother, who she describes as the most uh, loathsome bounder to ever um, pad his way about um, the state. a bit much. Yes. Well, what else is new with rich people? They're all heartless. No offense, Vaughn, but come on. I mean, they they don't know true love. You shall find no disagreement from me. Uh, Yes, uh, I must say I've had had experiences that shook me out of my cage somewhat. Um, Miss Carlyle uh, uh, seems still quite attached to the prejudices of her class, and... but, But she did say that her brother did fall what she proclaimed as the bewitchment of a certain Miss uh, Bonet, hmm. who operated out of Harlem, who claimed to be some sort of high priestess. Harlem. Oh. All right, well. Priestess? Yes. I, I don't know whether to... Might this have to do with Africa's dark sects? It may well. I, I don't know whether to chalk this up to the damnable... Prejudice of a close-minded uh, society matron, or if there's something more to it, and there is something malevolent about uh, Miss Bonet. For apparently, not long after their association, uh, Mr. Carlyle began to have dreams of the sort referenced by uh, Mr. Elias in his letter. He was drawn to Africa, you see, by these by these visions. Huh. <laughs> and uh, here he looks at a uh, um, uh, Margot. It's like. Yes. Dreams, what? <laughs> yes, we know the score. Hmm? Yes, let's maybe. Okay, look let's for... talk about this safe that I got to crack. Where is yes. it? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, before I get. Uh, it, it, the, the combination lies, um, as it were, uh, walled up behind the pages of some book like A Man in the Cask of Amontillado. So all you have to do is find the volume of Edgar Allan Poe, and there, slap bang on the inside flyleaf, you shall find the combination to that. Oh, I got the uh, common. All right. All right. Well, uh, that shouldn't be too difficult. Um, 
And as Margot, uh, not as Mar, as Feyruz is is kind of slowly scanning around the room, and I'm sure about to roll something, um, <laughs> Feyruz will say that there is there is something that's very suspicious that I haven't told you about yet, and that is that my father is here. She bumped the door opens up. Oh, is this the famed Carlisle Library? I've always wanted. Oh. I'm sorry, was I interrupting something? Occupado. (laughs) Oh, smoke a pole, get out of here. Well, I just wanted to see the the famed Carlisle Library. Uh, Just a couple seconds more. We we haven't read everything yet. It's pretty large in here. I'm not asking to play billiards. Shuts the door. All right, we're running out of time here. A lot of people. I stand by the door. Hold it close. He's got eyes on us. There's some reason why my... I don't know either. He won't tell me. And here's the thing: is that he's. I've told him. I've updated. I've written letters to him about all of our expeditions. The reason why I'm in New York. He knows why I'm here, and he didn't tell me that he was going to be here tonight. And then, and then had the audacity to tell me that we were in some kind of danger, as I didn't know already, and then wouldn't elaborate. Okay. Well, let's. Let's unpack that in a little bit. I feel like <laughs> we should we should find use your library magic. Find this thing. Fine. Let's find the combinations. Margo and looks like came. she's doing long division in your head, in her head, trying to connect the dots. Because I don't think that she knows you're in the order too right now. So she's like, mm-hmm. "Your dad said the same thing this guy said to me." Like, so I'm <laughs> and, yeah. I'm given a cursory search of this damned library, and I can't right, find then. any Is sort this of logic to, be a, to a, its a library, organization. So I'm assuming. Yeah, all these books are making me real uncomfortable. Um, so you can do a spot hidden for the book or a library use to see if there's some sort of order to things here um, where the collected what poems would, may What be. would be more useful to... Whatever you have a higher status. Like, would library <laughs> use help me find where it's, like, in the book where it's located or... Library use is going to make, uh, probably help you get an easier spot hidden roll. Mechanically speaking, like you could do a harder spot hidden roll, or a successful library use would lower the difficulty of the spot hidden. Because okay. library use would be like, all right, it's got to be over here somewhere. All right, well let's let's hidden. start with a spot. Let's let's start with the library use then. And because there are thousands of books here. <laughs> uh, and I rolled an eighteen under fifty for library use. Yeah. All right, so you're looking uh, at the setup here, and you do see. You know the those leather bound books of of of, of writers of, uh, of fiction writers um, taking up a large section of it, but then you notice that there are other sections that contain books on like the occult um, and and books with like magic in the title uh, and whatnot. And then there's a large case filled with uh, old reference works in both English and French. But then you come over to an area with like mainly. Uh, American poets, but everything mm. is out of order. Um, no wow. doubt from when the library was turned upside down. Um, so now give me a spot hidden, and you can all roll that when she's when Frey Rose is like, it's got to be here somewhere. Okay. I rolled a 33. <laughs> Very um, <laughs> apropos for an occult library. Or for La- if you're looking for Larry Bird's autobiography. Mm-hmm. All right. 30, 33 would come in handy. Um, all right. Anybody I, else I succeed feel- on this button? Yes. I, I oh, and that was a 33 s- under 80, by the way. Sorry. Whew, hard success. I rolled well, under is- my 75. I rolled a 69. 
69. Okay, regular success. Uh, well, it is like finding a needle in a... I kept it together, and then I looked at Nora, and then Children. she started it. I don't understand. <laughs> All of us internally went, nice. 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 I was going to say, it's like finding a needle in a haystack, so the library use really did help uh, for you able to... Uh, Nail that hard success with a side order of 69, and you find uh, several of Poe's uh, collected works. If you start, you see written on the flyleaf of one a combination, it appears, a series Ooh. of numbers. Oh, um, Troy, I have to ask you, of course, of course, in a, poli- a library in a palatial estate like this, um, the Carlyle family would have an ex libris stamp, a, a personalized legend or a stamp or, or a thing that they'd gunk on the inner flyleaf of every book just to make sure you knew where it was from. What does their ex libris design look like? Yes, it Troy. It looks like a, a lion uh, just like, you know, when there's like the two griffins, so it's like a lion and a unicorn, and they're kissing. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's an ornate Amazing. gothic C in the middle. Erotic. <laughs> that stands for Carlisle, you would assume, but there's no way of knowing. Uh, <laughs> so you've got the combination. It's like left 15, right uh, 2. I believe this is it. Um, Troy, what, uh, particularly where in, in, uh, the unabridged work of Edgar Allan Poe would this have been written on? So right, on the, right on the flyleaf of, uh, Boom. just a, a collection <laughs> of his poems. Yeah, right on the inside. Okay. Cover, um, written in Erica's handwriting. It's very nice handwriting. Walk over to that section of the library. Um, Vaughn knows where it is now lifts a fake section of books, presses a button, there's the safe. Open sesame and all that. Who enters the combination? I mean... Carter will do it. I, Carter's, Carter Carter's hopped to. up on Can't opening do safes. It doesn't matter if it's illegally or not. Fuck it. Yeah, Sorry to deprive you of the, uh, of the um, opportunity to crack a safe, old boy, but uh, at least you'll still be able to pop it open. As long as I open a safe... I feel like the night's been a success. Yes. <laughs> That's what uh, they say. L. You see, guys, the L means left. Or roll that left. The R, of course, means right. Just letting mm. you know. Just stow this away for future reference. You're a gentleman and a scholar. All right. Cracks it open. Cracks it open. And is possessed by the devil. You open it up. And there are four books inside. Mm -hmm. Looks like four books inside. (laughs) Well, Um, cracking, chilling hats. Let's bust them out. (laughs) What have we got? Uh, Let me just take a gander here. I don't have my reading glasses uh, with me because they make me look lame. But what does it say here on the spines? Um. They don't have titles like that. And first, in fact, the first one you pull out, um, thankfully looks to be in English. Mm-hmm. Um, but it appears to be a series of manuscripts that are held together in an embossed red leather binding. 
You're looking for a title on the back or on the front. Nothing. You open it I up. I want to be clear. No, 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 no. Hold up, sir. I do not open this shit. <laughs> you do not open it. All right, so it's just. I saw what Feru. I saw the Feru's googly eyes when oh, we came I will. in. Yeah, if mm-hmm. it comes Carter's down to like, it. and here are four books, and you can fuck off. I'm not opening those. I'll be over here with an axe. Carter stands a safe distance here, away. Here, Carter, let's trade. You come by the door, take a watch. I want to go look at the door. Uh, I'll tell you, I can but talk wait. anybody away. Vaughn, did, hmm? did Erica Kala tell us that we could take these, or are we just looking through them? I I didn't hear any any implication that um we couldn't spit at these away. So we could just take these and go. How about we take four books from these shelves that look similar, put them inside the safe, and we mm. stash these away? She says she did not want to see the books again and yeah, did not I mean, want to go into the safe. Is that true? If she, oh. she does not seem to have much emotional attachment to it, if but if anyone else were to come looking, it odd. might be nice to have a little uh, decoy. But if she sees, well, I guess, whatever. We could be overthinking it. But it's if she <laughs> finds that we've swapped out the four books with the four other books, is she going to suddenly get suspicious of us? Yeah, we just have a sense before? of humor. <laughs> yes. The old book switcheroo, Erica. Mm-hmm. It's a parlor trick. Classic yes. prank. <laughs> Carter, pulls, people. Carter pulls out the books and backs up, grabs an axe, <laughs> a decorative axe <laughs> off the wall, and... Uh, lays them down. You start looking at them. You Perhaps your eyes are drawn to this one with the embossed red leather binding. No title on the front, on the side. But if you open it up... Um, and as you, you do that, perhaps uh, uh, Vaughn will be like, oh, and have a care. She did uh, swear blind to me as we spoke that um, the contents of these books still left her brother rather unhinged. Oh, great. Wonderful. Okay. Feruz, maybe read it with just one eye. I don't see what difference that'd make, but I shall do so. <laughs> just squint. Like just winks. squint as you look at it. Maybe it's... <laughs> you start reading, and you see that the on the first page of the first manuscript, it says, uh, Translations and Remarks of uh, Narcotic Scrolls. That doesn't sound great. Narcotic is spelled P-N-A-K-O-T-I-C. Which may mean certain things to certain people. It's dated sometime in the 1400s. Uh, it's in English, uh, like 15th century. Um, but okay. the binding outside looks to be of a much later date. That's so the first odd. book. And obviously, if you want to spend time with these books and you take them, you can. Right now, you're just kind of going through and getting the, the bits and pieces. There's a right, lot right, right, here. Right. I think we uh, do just uh, get the title and what we're looking at and, and do the yes. old switcheroo and take catch, a closer look at these the later. vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. This is what they call a vibe Are the vibes check? immaculate? Uh, the vibes on this one are not great because you haven't even, <laughs> even as you open it uh, and you don't see anything other than what I just told you, a date and this thing, there is this uh, like heaviness nope. that washes over you the second that you open this up. And so if you were to close it, maybe it's just, it just happens like suddenly, it almost feels like the cover is 10 times heavier than it was when you opened it. But then you just very quickly close it. Seems great. Too much, too much champagne, I suppose. (laughs) I think so. The second one um, is, uh, it does have a title. It's called Amongst the Stones. 
Uh, it's also in English, written by uh, Justin Jeffrey, 1918. So a recent uh, book of um, just a quick glance through. It looks like um, poems. Lots and lots of different poems. Um, every page appears to be a new poem. The strangest thing about this particular book is the material that the binding is made out of. It almost feels like it's made out of some sort of like animal skin. Oh, great. It's the fucking Necronomicon. <sighs> yeah, but um, it's not animal skin. There's uh, something very discomforting about it uh, just to handle it. Hmm. Amongst the Stones by Justin Jeffrey, 1918, a collection of poetry about this. Hmm. Ew, this <laughs> for a leather-bound book. It's don't don't maybe don't smell the books. I that can't, are it's evil. one of those things where it's really bad, but you can't stop sniffing at it. Oh, like yeah. uh, your smell it. your ear. Yeah. No, <laughs> thank you. Get out of my face. No, thank you. Um, no, and I it does not smell like leather. It does not smell like leather at all. It's very like. It's like some, something very, very strange about it from the texture to the smell. Nothing is matching up. Just seems to be a book of poems, though. Do very you odd. think this is human hide? Just to be blunt. I, listen, we, we've seen God. so much at this point. This looks like leather, but it's not leather. It doesn't smell like leather. This is, this is not come from a cow or from whatever sheepskin, whatever you make parchment out of these days. You know, it's... Feyruz, you've been drinking. Let's keep looking at the other... I book. hope you brought your bag, Feyruz, because that book is not going in my bag. Stop smelling the books. <laughs> what are the oh, other two books? It's, it's one of those... I'm sorry, but it's Can just we get, like... You, let's... <laughs> look at the other books. Look at the next one. Fine. Um, sniff the next book. <laughs> so you go to smell the next book. I mean, immediately. Does anyone speak French? Um, Let me just double. No. Nope. Character-wise. No. is just not. Um, no. This one is, uh, appears to be in French. It's titled uh, Selection de Livre d'Yvon. Uh, Selection de Livre d'Apostrophe, I-V-O-N. Um, again, if you don't speak French, you're just going off of what, oh, this must be the author, uh, Gaspard Dunold, 13th century. Um, it is a manuscript just so uh, everyone knows, to time out, Troy was great in French in high school. Well, we took French stuff. together. That's right. You were well. You were a year ahead of me, but you were. We oh, did the AP right. thing. You did were, the AP French. You have uh, some skills. I forgot all of it, but I, I can yes, still pronounce it. Yes, but how many books did you sniff, sir? Why? <laughs> <laughs> that was what I mean. Junior year was only sniffing books. That's right. how private boy Catholic schools work. No, they didn't. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird stuff that went on there. Uh, this one is. Uh, Handwritten, a handwritten manuscript. Um, and if anyone speaks any Latin, uh, you do yes. see. Uh oh. Vaughn, if you're looking at this, you do see some Latin words interspersed in there as well, almost like it's a, uh, a French commentary on another Latin, a work that was written in Latin. Mm, um, it's all handwritten. Some monk or other translating an earlier ancient text. Uh. Perhaps, and it's bound in uh, like a decaying blue calf skin. So, like a, a baby cow leather d- dyed blue, Whoa. but it's like decaying. It's very old. 
so you could sniff the difference between We don't two. need to smell any books. <laughs> You're unlocking new vistas of uh, olfactory appreciation of these sorts of uh, reading It material. unlocks the memory, you know, so yes. much of your memory is tied into your olfactory senses. Yes, indeed. Hmm. Well, I wonder last... what memories we will oh, unlock in these manuscripts. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> I think the first volume of that Proust chap just came out maybe last year. So it talks a great deal about that. Um, the last book is uh, the title alone kind of makes you think when you read it. Uh, it was stacked on the bottom. It's called Life as a God. Written in English by someone named Montgomery Cropton. Uh circa 1810 so about a hundred years a little over a hundred years old over a century old uh, also handwritten and something is weird about the binding of this one as well it looks to be bound in human skin okay just come right out with it oh dear so now I know this one is human Oh, okay. Hard. Is Feru's like just, just holding it and like touching it? Like, yes, mm-hmm. this is human. A <laughs> uh, fleshy book is right up her alley. Is it. Uh, am I just imagining things, or did I. Uh, did you think that. Wasn't there Carlyle's journals that were supposed to be in the safe as it well? It just said the books. That's how I interpreted it, but apparently the psychoanalyst. Has separate journals. That, that, oh, Houston, that Houston yeah. chap um, would have right. perhaps some uh, psychoanalytic notes. All uh, all Jackson said was the books are in Carlisle's safe. Yes, so. and these Correct. are the books that sent yes. him off on Thank his on you. his on his expedition. Um, they perhaps. Well, uh, yeah, that's what be something she said. here. Yes, well, um, well, shall we uh, check these out, as it were? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Door bus open again. Are you still in here? I wanted to read some books. Just <laughs> occupied. Occupado. Occupado. Okay. Well, say we get a couple of cocktail weenies and we get the GTFO out of this place, right? Yes, I think we've got what we came best. for. Let's hide these. Is there any way to, to conceal these books as we walk out? So if you guys are right and anybody's watching us, they don't think that we're carrying um, human Well, books. I had like I had a, a first stole wrapped around my shoulders. Could you put it in the back of my dress, at least one of them, mm-hmm. and I could put the stole around it? <laughs> yeah, it. can we Walk conceal out with, like this two stuff? square yeah. books? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just just two them. giant shoulders. <laughs> Feyre is also oh. probably or not Feyre Marco probably also brought her bag because like she brings her camera with her. You're and, like, literally a wearing everywhere. a bag as a dress. Yeah. You're That's true. Who's going to press me? I meant that as a compliment. I thought you were very, very, uh, very innovative. Okay, it didn't seem like that at first when you said a bag of a dress. No, yes, yes, you've Absol- got a stool. No, 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 no. You look yeah. absolutely amazing. You look smashing. But I'm yeah. saying it was absolutely innovative and genius of you to think to do so because now we have an ex- exact situation where this helps us out. Exactly what yes. I intended. Double Margo, purpose. put this in your bag of holding. 
She's not thrilled to be having a human skin book on her person. Yeah, you're gonna like. Well, who's everyone know who had the human skin pressed up against their own skin? Probably. Mm, I don't know. I Should was still sniffing. I was still sniffing the other one, so I might have the other one. <laughs> and, and I feel like men's fashion at that time is like impossibly wasp waisted. Like men are even wearing like little girdles to make their frames like V shaped. So Vaughn is probably in something like that that he could kind of like loosen and cram one of those books down in his like cummerbund or something. <laughs> Carter's wearing the equivalent of like a seventies suit. You know what I mean? Like whatever it's like it's like out of fashion. It's got the roofs. You know, it's the big velvet tie. Yeah. You don't need to explain your office to me and the complication. I will take the skin book, the human skin book. <sighs> Fine. Yes. Great. We've got uh, we've got the concealing stole, this suit, the bag lady, and um then uh, I'll just tuck this right here in the waist. And if All anyone right. asks, uh, well, hopefully no one will. So you shove the books, each of you taking one into your person. I guess. Uh, are you, do you put decoy books in or no decoy books? I think we should put de- decoy books in. Yeah, just in case it gets... Well, I mean, whoever yeah. finds the decoy books is going to open them up and quickly find, you know, like Lady Chatterley's lover or whatever the fuck. Like, they're going to know pretty quickly. It might not matter. If she doesn't care, then I don't think we have to worry about it. Yes, but there are eyes on us, so why yes. not? And it hasn't been broken in into before. Fun. Let's mm-hmm. put the other books. Let's put some books in. All right, so you stick four more books in there. You shut the safe, give it a spinneroo, close the uh, hatch, maybe put the Poe back, maybe mm-hmm. keep it. I don't know. Let's pretend you. we were doing something in here um, that wasn't going through the safe, perhaps. Yeah, people don't back then. We, we spill out and giggled, maybe. Oh, I'm just going to put your... lipstick marks on whoever's the closest to me. Okay. All right, okay, so... And just... Un, you we, know, mess mess my hair up a bit. Just having a foursome we in here, no big deal. <laughs> as we come out, <laughs> toss yeah, a couple I, used condoms onto the uh, dance floor. I was going, floor. To, I was going to disrupt <laughs> these billiard balls, but um, I suppose that's a good idea as well. <laughs> Too much <laughs> champagne. Carter opens talk. the door. Like well, that is a lame ass library. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing oh, there. I beg to differ. I can't wait to check it out. Have you been the here guys, the whole time? My finally God. Yes, I didn't want to be rude. Well, hopefully I just... you didn't hear anything um, improper and crude. Yes, <laughs> it was Callum who just threw it across the strange room. spell. Why did you say Kobe <laughs> as you threw it? All right, I'm going to the library. And he goes in and... Uh, the library mm. nerd just really wants to fucking mm-hmm. get in. Can I roll a psychology on him or, like, watch him? Like, is he... See ya. Yeah. Be worried. Um, psychology. You should be worried about everybody. She is. Nope. <laughs> 72. She's way too busy trying it's to seem Troy like she's... It's NPC. He's Look at all these right. books! <laughs> uh, in fact, the minute you open it up and you start spilling out, it's not long before more people keep coming here. They probably thought, oh, it's a closed door. We're not supposed to be in there. But now that it's open and they see you coming out, it very quickly fills up again. Uh, and you come back into the party and... You feel like there should be less people there now, but it's almost like there's twice as many people there, and it's a little uncomfortably close as you come out. Is it your intention to now leave and head back to the city? Um, I, I mean, we could. We could just be like... I don't know what else is... I'm feeling very claustrophobic. There's so many people here, and we're always being watched, and we have these... We have... The things on us now, and I mean, I, it would be I don't want to touch this easy. anymore. With more people here, it might be easier for us to 
exit yeah. without being noticed. Yeah, yes, I feel indeed, like I... the only thing we really failed at doing was getting Erica Carlisle to help us with our current predicament, which is saying Millie Adams and Hilton Adams. Knowing what I what I've gleaned from her character, Tillinghast, I don't know that she's um if 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 aggressive and specific. Right. Yeah, she'll help um, orphans, but she won't help missing. People. I think her Got philanthropy it. is 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 as good as it proceeds in the general sense, but in right. interpersonal matters. Broad strokes, look how good I am, all that. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Then, in that case, I feel like we got what we came for, some books and some free booze. Let's get the fuck out. This place is dead anyway. (laughs) You start walking out, and Carter, that woman that you spoke to earlier who was like, I'm so sorry to hear what happened to your wife. She she reaches out and puts her hand on your shoulder and just gives you kind of a mm, Mm -hmm. look. Yeah, thank thank you. So nice to meet you. Yeah, it's... May uh, pl- uh, a thousand blessings. Pleasure, pleasure meeting you. Yes, you too. And favors maybe you're looking for your dad. You just this, this like all these people, and it's pressing you in. And if any of you feel at all uh, have problems with claustrophobia, you do feel like you're just being pressed in. There's people all around, like <laughs> <laughs> laughing, like Grand Guignol faces, uh, all gross. pressed up against yours as you're just trying to find your way out. And you see the guards and people with guns and everything. It's just <laughs> and the, their laughter and the music starts to echo in your head. The violin strings start to play discordant notes. And you see Peru and you see everything else that you've seen that has terrorized you and you make it outside the front door to fresh air. Jesus, that was weird. Now perhaps you see why I I stopped moving in those circles with um, as much regularity as I might have in the past. Ugh. It's not worth it. You have a car? Yes. uh, Got the hurts. Flag my man. Oh, yes. So he comes around, drives you. Yes, um, quite. Give him, give him uh, a silver dollar. Vaughn, tip the man. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> and uh, he opens the door for uh, the ladies as well. Uh, kind of gives a weird look at Carter's half face and then uh, takes a silver dollar and runs off. All right. We at the Waldorf or what? Are you driving back into the city, going to the Waldorf? All right, so parking's a bitch, um, but you do. <laughs> Can I roll a drive auto for better parking? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, I never get to roll drive auto. See how many loops it takes you. Nope, didn't get it. Yeah. It's taking us a while. They always say in New York, just keep going around the same block and eventually a space will open. But that car, Carter didn't get the message, so you're like, let's try three avenues over. So you no, actually. I'm pretty sure you, I can fit here. Oh, <laughs> you have to park pretty far away, and so you've got to walk. Uh, Whose car is this again? We just rented a car. I rented it. Well, let's bring it back to Amos just to get the drop us out. We don't need to park, man. No, they want us to park. It's the right thing to do. Can you just drop me and Margo off? At the, yes. not the front. <laughs> yeah, you guys get Please. out front. That's fine. <laughs> you walk back to the hotel. It's dark. It's late. You know, you were almost an hour away. Um, wasn't a ton of traffic, obviously, but you get back. And I imagine you all feel a little wiped. And mm-hmm. while you gained a, a ton of information and the books, uh, you know, in... Carlisle safe that perhaps are related to to what Jackson was talking about. 
Millie Adams is still um, missing. Yeah. Lieutenant Poole still hasn't got back to you. So there's no message from Poole at the hotel. Well, it's funny you mention that because if you say any messages, um, they say, uh, yeah, you, you have one here. And he hands you a note. Oh, jolly good. What do we have here? And uh, I imagine it's like a standard Waldorf Astoria note. So it says from uh, Lieutenant Poole. I can't oh. remember his first oh. name. Thank God. Um, Demetrius. It just says, uh, everything is going according to plan. We'll reach out again tomorrow. According to plan. Well, that's reassuring, oh, I guess. That? Yes. Did he share his plan? Did he share his plan? No, he just told us he's going to get a couple Irishmen and go down there. Yeah, well, now I feel quite secure. <laughs> now, Vaughn, hold on. Now, we don't need to get into politics. <laughs> well, we told him about uh, uh, the building we were hiding in, so uh, the plan, I imagine, is that they made it there and are hiding out. But that was like 24 hours ago. I don't know. The- Full night has passed. But- According to plan, should, it does should... occur to me that we probably should have warned him about the sanity-stressing measures that occurred when we went out and opened that hatch. I think the photographs well, were he evidence. would think that we were mad. Yeah, but maybe he's just a crazy person now. Better for him to find out himself. Well, he's a cop. That's what happens. <sighs> In any case, if everything's according to plan. And we don't want to jeopardize. What do we want to do? I think tomorrow we got to go to Juju House during the day. Right. Right. Find Millie Adams. Whatever the lieutenant was doing now, it's best that we don't disturb whatever operation he has going on. Yeah. We would maybe find some answers that would help us in these books as fun as they seem to read. Here's I would love to pour over these books before turning in for the evening. Yes. Are we up in our room yet? I hope we are because she's really itching to get that skin book out of her dress. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, you want to walk up to your room? Sure. It's getting sweaty. Yeah. You get up to the room, you pull the books out, and... Is the plan to sort of just maybe start digging into these? And uh, and if so, who's doing that? Is anybody else doing anything? Or are you turning in? What, what's the sort of plan here for the rest of the night? Um, now, I mean, Feruz, to- no offense, but I feel like you should read these, but I feel like someone should be watching you reading the books. Do you know what I mean? Like a watch well, on Feruz. Well, I'll, I'll read with her. She Margo doesn't see a There's problem with this. There's full books. We could all take one. No, I'm not. Or I can just. It's up to you. I'm not going to force you to read if you don't want to. I can read. If that's the no, question. I know you're capable. I but can read. I've do, been reading the funnies. Enjoyable for you is like another question. It won't be. It takes me a while to read a single page. But my issue is the effects that these books could have. Now we came home the other night, and uh, Margot, correct me if I'm wrong. We came in. And uh, Feyruz was uh, a little twitchy from reading that just one book. Now we got four books here. Twitch, twitchy, no, Carter. no, Carter, no. Don't you see that in no, these I, books I, lies the answers that we seek? We need the knowledge in these books. Knowledge. Sure. 
Right, right. That's why I'm saying someone need just needs to watch you to read accept the that and maybe dip a toe in at some point. It doesn't have to be tonight. But we can't complete our mission without knowing what's in these in these books. Right. We I don't read. know. I don't know how you could have these books in front of you and not want to just pour over them for hours. Well, it's a it's a matter of upbringing. I feel like you read those books, and we just keep an eye on you reading the books. I think it's fun. And if you start Everybody to go off wins. the rails, we're here for you. I want to read one as well. Oh, okay. So watch me read a book. Watch me. I can't sleep. I'm reading. Okay. Margo, which one would you like? I've got the, the series of manuscripts, the narcotic scrolls. I've got Amongst the Stones. That's the one that <laughs> smells hmm. questionable. I've got the French manuscripts that were handwritten hmm. by that monk, but it's in Latin. I don't know if you how, how good your French is. My <laughs> French is terrible. And then I have Life as a God by Anne <sighs> Crompton. Well, I want to go to the Um The poem sounds nice. Um... But I want to give you first pick. I should like to look over the series of manuscripts that are the narcotic scrolls from the 1400s. Margaret, do you want to read, uh, if we take the French one out, um, Life as a God or uh, Amongst the Stones? Hmm. Amongst the, the stones smelled the, bad. The metagamer right? in me wants to read the human skin book, but does Margo <laughs> want to read the human skin book? Probably not. Um, she'll read the poems Amongst the Stones made Amongst, out of the other weird skin. We don't know what it is. Other strange, non leathery skin. I just so wanted to read what seemed like the oldest. Two of you sit down to read those books. Vaughn, am I crazy? What I hmm? mean, not literally, but uh, you know, these books. You were here. Yes. I feel like glancing at them is great, but I'm terribly sorry, telling us for the life of me, the past night is is something of a blur. Okay, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. All right, that's fine. I'm just gonna pace uh, and nervously. And I can't get Millie Adams out of my mind, nor Hilton. Like, can you, you Saltpool? Can can we trust him to go about his business in a timely manner? A full day has passed. Damn it. It's not encouraging, and it's far be it for me to trust a cop. He seemed pretty perturbed by what we showed him. I'd like to think he's on it, but also a, a day missing and then suddenly being like, Hey, guys, just checking in. Everything's cool. Bye. That seems weird. I, I have half a mind to call that car back and just have it circle around the block. Oh, the Juju house. Oh, God. Just to see if action is being taken and all that. Well, that doesn't sound like a bad idea, as long as it's inconspicuous. Yes. You guys are... I just... I just... I cannot... I find it difficult to... I found it difficult to even attend that gathering, knowing that... What sort of... wretched things may be done to that poor woman? It's the dead of night. You know what happens at Juju House at night. All those bros roll up. It's not the greatest time to go there. Driving by or not entering. Just to see what we see. Everybody give me a luck roll. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did it. I we want to get under this one? Seven. We want to get under? Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, this would be, and let me know if you have a success, what kind of success, and uh, or a fail. Uh, I got I've a got regular, a regular success. success. Regular success. 26 under 41. 
Okay, regular. Uh, Kate? Fail. Fail. And uh, what about Carter? I got a hard success. I got a 12 under <gasps> 35. Hmm. So Margot um, failed. Yeah, surprisingly, you're the one that, uh, the only one that uh, succeeded on your luck roll today. Well, I failing. spent luck By earlier. Failing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Feyruz is reading the book. You're holding the strange-skinned book, and you hear Carter and uh, Vaughn are, are discussing possibly calling the car and going to Juju House, and so maybe you're distracted by that as well. And uh, then you're distracted by something else because you see the photograph of you wearing the screaming mask and it's like sitting out on the balcony. It's Feyruz in the picture? No, it's you, Margo, <sighs> wearing that mask that you never wore, that you never photographed yourself wearing. You took that photo and I think you ripped it up and put it in the toilet and flushed it. I only made one copy of that and I destroyed it. It is the the balcony, the, the curtains are like floating up and you see that photo sitting out on the open balcony. What do you do? What are you thinking? You don't want to play no more? She's done. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to play no more. That's too much. Do you... Is it prompt you to do anything? Say anything? (laughs) She's thinking. She's really thinking. What's going through your head, Marco? Me? Yes, walk us um, through this. I think You're I'm, the one that sees this. You see this. I think this. I just feel weird vibes because I don't see the picture out there. No, right? no, this nope. is you. I'm, nope. ta- I'm talking to you. You're talking You're, to me? Yes, the whole yeah. time. Uh, oh, I'm in the book. I thought you were saying, oh my God, I'm sitting here waiting for Feyruz to answer. I thought that Feyruz no, no, was no, no, you. So, yeah. waiting for you. You filled the no, no, no. Feyruz, no, that's where I, you were way into it. I was like, she's yeah, like, playing hardball here. Uh, like, yeah, wow. no, Feyruz is reading. You're overhearing this conversation <laughs> between Vaughn and Carter, and you see the curtains billowing up and the photograph of you with the mask on sitting out on the balcony. The same one that you ripped up um, through in the toilet. I go closer, just kind of being like, is that there? Really? Because it's probably dark out. It is. It's there. Um, Stanley Kubrick style. We just see your point of view walking towards this balcony curtain lifting up in the wind. Um, And the curtains again with this like shower thing. Um she, uh, while they're doing that, she's going to open the door and grab the photo. She door wants is, to destroy it. door is slightly ajar. Um, you see that the photo is, you have to step out on the balcony to get it. So you step out there, and uh, it's very, very windy, but somehow this photo is almost like glued to the bottom of the balcony. 
It should be moving. You look behind you and the curtain is flying upwards. This very light photograph should not be sitting there. Roll a spot hidden. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I want to look around. Um, Come on! 59 under 62. 59 under 62. As you reach down to grab the photo, you hear a noise from the sky above. And you look up and you see this shadow go over the moon and blot it out for all but a moment. It's almost as if the entire sky grows dark as this shape passes in front of the moon. And then this shape swoops directly at you. And you look up and you see this monstrosity that has to be 13 stories large. It's like this combination of a serpent or worm with enormous bat-like wings that flood out in an umbrella. And it just comes swooping at you, talons outstretched. And we'll see you next week. Ah! You mother... Fucker. <laughs> you. Mm. It's what that Australian gentleman oh told God. us about. <laughs> then there's a knock at the door. It's the drunk guy again. Hey, did you guys just the library? The bibliophile phone is Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. 